Hey everyone, it's Emily from Incarnation. I was asked to give a couple minute testimony on my experience as a member of Incarnation during COVID-19 and my experience a little bit with small groups. And I just wanted to take a moment to share and hopefully offer some encouraging words and some thanks. So I joined back or I became a member back in December and I have been in the church my entire life and I've been members of multiple churches and I've seen many different ways in which people worship. I've seen many different ways in which the church welcomes members in and welcomes the community in and those are two foundational parts of incarnation but something that's so unique about this body is the way in which it consistently and actively seeks out wonder and beauty in everything, in our activities, in our church services, um, in so many different places and times. And that was one of the things that I immediately felt connected to about incarnation. And it was one of the things that I think has sustained me most through this uncertain and scary and heartbreaking time. We are all being forced to stop our hustle and have been for the last few months and being encouraged to take stock of the beauty that the Lord has already done and to see his goodness in nature and in art, in language, and in community and to have a place that encourages me to seek that out has been so filling for my soul and exactly, exactly what I needed during a quarantine time. Um, the Lord is wise beyond anything we can ever imagine. And he saw fit to make me a member and a part of this congregation before the pandemic hit and to make sure I had developed relationships and felt a part of this community so that you all could help sustain me through this. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, just some of the ways I love how Incarnation word Wonders is in its church service. Um, the artwork, I get excited to see what artwork is going to be on the front of the PowerPoint every Sunday. I love the different topics that we cover in small group. Right now, I'm in a small group that watches movies every couple of weeks and then comes and discusses them, which is super cool. I love the way in which we integrate language and multiple languages into our service. And I'm just so thankful for certain people in the church who live their lives in pursuit and seeking out God's beauty. And I've noticed a change in my life um, in literally stopping and smelling the roses because of that. So thankful for all of you guys. So thankful that the Lord brought me here. And I just wanted to share that. Take care. Bye. Uh, good evening. My name is Corey Warden. Uh, I've been with Incarnation since we uh, first started meeting at the Grace House uh, two full summers ago. And in, the, in these past two years, I've met and gotten married to my wonderful wife, Christine. And we got married this past February, and we're quickly brought into this uh, pandemic-induced self-quarantine. And these past couple months uh, have been a time of rich blessing. 
uh, as we've learned to uh, live together and love one another. Uh, but it has also been a, a challenging time as we learn to live together and love one another. And thankfully, we've been in close contact with uh, Grant and Nancy Sung, and the Sungs led our, uh, one of our spring small groups, and the topic they led on was the healing of the nations. And they could not have predicted a, a timelier topic. And our conversations uh, were very rich this spring as uh, we talked about God's plans uh, to bring healing to the nations. And he plans on doing this uh, through the saving and redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Um, but we, his church, also play a part. And uh, this passage from Exodus uh, was uh, one of our uh, leading passages earlier this spring. Uh, so uh, starting at verse 5, it says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. And we see this theme again in the New Testament, uh, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9. And that's a passage that we looked at uh, earlier this spring in our small group, but also in church. And it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were called with a specific purpose in mind, and that is to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness. We should be proclaiming that message. Psalm 100 gives us the reason why. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. And as Jesus sends out his apostles in Matthew chapter 10, he tells them to proclaim the good news as they go. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. All of this seems miles and miles and years and years behind us right now. A couple weeks ago, I was left in complete shock uh, to see the death of George Floyd by the knee of our own law enforcement. Um, our country briefly descended into chaos as protests led to rioting and more violence. And none of this should really come as too big of a surprise um, but it's still pretty shocking. Um, but the United States has a long, terrible history of race-related violence and brutality, uh, slave trading and Jim Crow, mass incarceration, and police violence. And, yeah, it still is... Uh, 
it's still shocking to see that violence uh, come across on our, our cell phones now. Um, but the response of our country should really not come as a surprise at this point. Um, our nation is uh, deeply in need of God's healing touch. Um, that much is true. I think that our readings kind of give us a clear guidance uh, how to respond to the recent events uh, and encourage us to work to bring about justice. Um, God has chosen for himself a holy nation of priests. Well, what do priests do? Priests pray. Um, this is our calling, to pray earnestly for God to heal the nations. Um, we are to pray for God to heal our broken nation, uh, for God to heal our broken race relations, for God to heal our broken justice system, for God to bring about the end of systemic injustices and inequalities. Uh, priests pray, and we should pray. Priests also proclaim. We should proclaim the love of Jesus and God's steadfast love to our neighbors. That's the good news. That's the gospel. We should proclaim this news that, like Romans says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Finally, priests love. And Matthew 10 says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus did not just land on sympathy and stop there. He let his deep, compassionate love for his lost sheep drive him into action. He sent out his apostles to work miracles. He died on the cross in my place and reconciled me to himself. Hi everyone, my name is Abby Renard. I've been going to Incarnation for somewhere around four months or so, and I was in the Galatians small group this past trimester. We used portions of a Tim Keller study guide to do a deep dive into the text of Galatians, and just had some really wonderful conversations about topics like justification and sanctification, and just spent some wonderful time in community. So, one afternoon, soon after the shutdown started, I remember standing in my living room doing a kettlebell workout. And I was angry. <laughs> you know, I wanted to go to class and work. I wanted to keep being busy and to continue in normal life. And I didn't want to have to deal with everything being shut down. And if I'm being honest, I was also somewhat afraid. I mean, what does life look like when you essentially remove all human interaction from it? 
when you take away all the stuff of daily life. I didn't particularly want to find out, and so I took my emotions out on my kettlebell. For me, working out has become a place where I can process, where I can go to pray and connect with God even when I can't find words. And in that moment, a song came on with a line that has just continued to stick with me throughout this entire season. Jesus, you're still enough. That line hit me like a ton of bricks, forcing some uncomfortable self-realization because when all of the normal is just stripped out of your life, it becomes pretty clear what you actually rely on. And at least for me, it often isn't Jesus. As I get caught up in the busyness of work and school, it becomes pretty easy for things like GPA to just sneak into his place. In one of our small group conversations, we talked about how easy it is to try to find God's acceptance in achievements or activities, which can become a representation of our perceived self-worth. However, as a study guide so eloquently pointed out, we need faith that is able to warm itself at the fire of God's love, instead of having to steal love and acceptance from other sources. That point and the discussion around it seems to fit so beautifully with this season. For me, many of those other sources that distract from God's sufficiency were just removed from my life. As my world shifted online and was forcibly simplified, I began to think about what it would look like to live fully relying on and fully surrendered to Christ. This isn't a new concept by any means, but it did take on a bit of a different meaning within the context of COVID-19, where I suddenly had enormous amounts of free time by myself. When you live alone and your activities are basically reduced to a couple of online classes per week, it becomes somewhat harder to find and steal love and acceptance from sources outside of God because many of them simply don't exist anymore. I think relying on him in this season has involved finding ways to continue living and to better and more creatively love God and others, rather than just waiting around for a normal that might not come back. And to find that shift in perspective that allows for rejoicing in the midst of suffering and hardship faced by so many in our communities. And to trust that even though we don't have the answers to the present uncertainty, God does, and that is enough. I've come to the conclusion that while living during a pandemic isn't necessarily fun, sometimes actually the opposite, wouldn't really recommend it, um, but it can still be beautiful. God's love and faithfulness in my own life and in others seems amplified in so many ways. You know, God brought me to incarnation before the pandemic began, providing me with a community that I didn't even realize I'd need once my law school friends spread across the country to their respective homes. And I pray that as we continue in this season, we will come to know unequivocally that Jesus is still enough, no matter what.